Good afternoon, everybody. This is Michelle Bouchard with the Tribal Hub podcast team dialing in from TribalNet 2023. We're on Wednesday of our um, conference today, and I'm sitting here with Justine Phillips. Justine is an attorney, cyber and privacy attorney with Baker McKenzie, and is from here in sunny San Diego. Justine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, and welcome to San Diego yourself. Thank you. I am really excited, actually, to, to tomorrow we're going to do some exploring, and I cannot wait to do all the things. Whatever I can do in 24 hours tomorrow, I'm going to do before I head back to Michigan. <laughs> Put your feet in the Pacific Ocean. Yes, that's what I said to my, that's what I said. I'm like, we have got to go to the ocean. That is our goal tomorrow. <laughs> So thank you for being here. Um, you just spoke this morning on uh, your session was titled Incident Response and Reporting What is Required. So wanted to, to ask some questions of you um, regarding you know, the topic and what you what you guys talked about. Starting right off into it, what are some laws and regulations that tribal leaders should be aware of now and even possibly what they should be looking for in the future? You know, the tribal councils and the regulations that apply to tribes uh, are evolving and emerging. Just like every other federal, state, and local government, we are seeing an increase in cyber laws and regulations. And that's because it's a matter of national security. The ability for a threat actor to disrupt our way of life, disrupt our systems, disrupt our data, steal our data, encrypt information, and then ransom that information back for payment uh, has got the attention of leaders uh, in all places. Mm -hmm. Uh, Executive uh, agencies have all been activated. We're seeing a lot of regulations. CERCIA is on the horizon, which is a critical infrastructure reporting obligation. Uh, We have seen SEC obligations uh, outside the U.S. for data subjects. If you are collecting information on data subjects outside the U.S., which a lot of gaming uh, facilities do, Mm -hmm. uh, you have compliance with GDPR in this too. We see new reporting obligations there as well. Mm -hmm. It is a complex network of new laws and regulations that will continue to evolve. Uh, Right now, those are in proposed rulemaking processes. Mm -hmm. uh, And what we'll see is in the next 12 months, those will become effective. Uh, Just like the SEC reporting obligations for 8K filings, uh, we're seeing that across enterprises. Hmm. Okay, that's a lot. You noted a few things that could be really unique to tribal organizations, but I feel like sometimes it, it doesn't matter what type of organization, what sector you're in, you know, handling cyber incidents, it, you always have to have, you know, a plan in place. You know, have you found anything very unique to tribes when handling a cybersecurity incident? Or is it something that really is kind of across the board, standard standardized practices? What's unique about the tribes is it's oftentimes not just uh, gaming or casinos or enterprises and business information. It's information about tribal council. It's information about the tribal members. Right. It's information about their education, healthcare mm-hmm. systems, yeah, healthcare. and they, they and, and law enforcement. And they're all connected. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, the convenience of a single enterprise and a single nation uh, and integrating those systems creates risk across those different units. Um, so that is yeah. unique because is, a lot yeah. of our, you know, a, a traditional, you know, we had MGM and MGM Grand and Caesars. Mm-hmm. Those are businesses. And so the type of information compromised is business information. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it cuts across a lot of different folks uh, and hits home 
quite literally uh, when we talk about tribes. Yeah, absolutely. How would you recommend that tribal organizations establish effective cybersecurity policies and even, you know, incident response plans that would comply with not only tribal, but also federal regulations? In life, period, we can only control two things. Everything leading up to something that may or may not happen, and then how we respond to that thing that just happened. And so cyber is a, a great way to apply that. So all the things that we do leading up to an event, so training the right people, implementing the right policies, testing those policies, mm-hmm. configuring technology, those are all things that we have within our power that we can continue to make better mm-hmm. before event ever occurs. Uh, on the other other side of it, it's being ready. It's that cyber resilience and readiness, not only to respond to the data loss or the encryption demand, but to get your business back up and running as fast as possible. Yeah. And that requires exercise. It requires the right people at the table. It requires leaders and decision makers to really understand these cyber risks. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, we often hear that uh, humans are the greatest vulnerability. Yeah. Um, they're also our first line of defense. And so cybersecurity simply has to be everybody's response. Yeah, I've heard that so much this, you know, over the past few days at this conference about, you know, educating all of your staff, anybody, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, the security guard opening and, you know, greeting people at the casino, or if it's a slot tech, like everybody needs to be on the same page when it comes to security and the training is such a big deal, you know, for everything. You're absolutely right. I mean, the help desk was the point of vulnerability for the MGM Grand and Caesars Breach. So it was the getting the passwords changed for authorized users, and it was an incredible social engineering attack. And so we have we outsource our help desk quite often. And so it's that type of attention. And, uh, you know, we have a lot to learn from those attacks and, and attack vectors. And one thing that the Tribal Hub and Tribal Net do so, so well is provide forums for information sharing. Mm-hmm. And as these attacks come across to other tribes, to other casinos, to other gaming industries, um, we have to be able to evolve our own practices, mm-hmm. train our own people differently, mm-hmm. uh, configure our technology differently, manage our access to certain information differently. Because if we know better, we will do better. Right. And to, if you just don't know and you're on an island, uh, you can't evolve your practices to match the current threat factors. Right, yeah. In the event of a cyber incident, what are the critical steps that tribes and tribal organizations should take, you know, to to contain and respond to the breach while preserving evidence for legal actions? Oh, what a question, Michelle. (laughs) You said this was going to be a 10-minute interview. (laughs) You've got two minutes. No, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, So... You know, dust off your incident response policy and your Mm -hmm. disaster recovery policy, make them operational Mm -hmm. and they should have work streams. So these work streams are going to be not only business continuity, restoration of your systems, getting back up and running. You're going to integrate and weave in the data preservation, the people who are going to help you do this, the teams that are going to augment your existing internal teams. Uh, You're going to test those policies. You're going to have communication strategies, internal and external. Prepare those now. There's right. no reason you don't you can't have those on the ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to also understand 
uh, all of the reporting obligations and what those might look like, who you need to tell. You shouldn't be deciding who you're going to use and who you're going to rally, the troops that you rally on the day of the event. Those, yes. those can take days and sometimes weeks to get the right team in place. Absolutely. And we've heard that a lot, you know, this this conference about your instant response plan and going over it and making sure you do the run through, do testing, testing all the time because you want all of those pieces in place. And especially with tribes, you don't want to have to go through tribal council and say, hey, is it okay if we release this information? Or You know what I mean? Especially within any organization, but within tribes, sometimes there's so many layers that you need to get you know, approval on before it actually happens. So very good. Test your tribal council. Test mm-hmm. and exercise your executive leadership team mm-hmm. because there, to your point, is a lot of layers and all of those folks have different roles and different responsibilities to the tribe in responding to this incident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, working collaboratively, I know I, I heard you talk about that earlier. You know, how can tribes really reach out and work with their, you know, regulatory agencies, state, federal, tribal members when responding to an incident? What are some best practices that you've seen for communication pieces? Mm. So first, call your local FBI agent and law enforcement and build a relationship with that person. They are, and DHS is a, are putting out a ton of good information that is useful and actionable for current threats mm-hmm. to tribes. Um, having those relationships, this is a relationship business. Cybersecurity, both before and after attack, is a relationship business. Mm-hmm. And relationships are foundational and built on trust. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to form trust in times of crisis to know who to trust and what information to share. Yeah. Uh, but having an existing relationship, looking at somebody in the sockets of their windows of their soul right. can really help break down some of that early uh, information sharing and barrier to, to flowing information. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. How was your session, by the way? I forgot to ask you in the very beginning. <laughs> what a privilege. It was a full room. Uh, awesome. I think people are, are really in- interested in the topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have a lot of lessons to learn and implement. Uh, I learned a lot from my fellow panelists, Lee Edberg and Jonathan Fairlow. Uh, we had an excellent conversation going about mm-hmm. ways for privilege access management to really be under control, how um, the help desk really needs to be brought under. No admin uh, passwords should ever change without, again, looking at somebody, having a conversation um, mm-hmm. with ChatGPT and the availability of artificial intelligence to the threat actor groups. They're using it mm-hmm. and there's no rules to how they're mm-hmm. using it. They're right. using it for voice phishing. They're using it effectively on gathering information to do social engineering attacks. Mm-hmm. So we were able to dive into some really awesome. fun topics there. That's amazing. How has your travel net experience been? I know you live here, but you've been, you know, have you enjoyed the being here and the vibe? And what do you think? Michelle, I am <laughs> literally going to walk away from this interview and go to those tables with gorgeous earrings and it. purses. Mm-hmm. And yes. I'm going to spend some money. There's um, best people. I mean, yes. really, the tribal, mm-hmm. tribal net and, and this experience is always one of the favorite conferences of the year. Just incredible humans. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time and talking with me today on our podcast. And go get yourself some earrings. (laughs) For more information on today's podcast, just click on the show notes. If you have a story to share or a topic you'd like to see us cover, reach out to our team on LinkedIn or via email at contactus at tribalhub.com. See you soon.